What could you do if your data was working for you and not against you? With Bloomberg delivering enterprise data directly to your systems, you get easy access to the details you want, optimized for higher level analysis, and financial data experts committed to helping you maximize your every move. Our data is made for more, so you can show the world what you're made of. Visit Bloomberg.com slash enterprise data to learn more. Live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios, this is Bloomberg Daybreak for Tuesday, March 15th, 2022. Coming up this hour. China tries to avoid taking a hit from U.S.-led sanctions against Russia. Stocks fall overseas and Hong Kong plunging almost 6%. The NASDAQ 100 enters the day in bear territory. And the Fed begins its two-day policy meeting. The search continues for the gunman who shot homeless men in New York and Washington, D.C., plus China's COVID rate climbs, the numbers since the beginning of the pandemic. I'm Michael more ahead. I'm John Stanchow at Sports NFL Free Agency underway. The new Yankees joined the team in Tampa and a scary day for a star of the Mets. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak on Bloomberg 1130 New York, Bloomberg 991 Washington, D.C., Bloomberg 1061 Boston, Bloomberg 960 San Francisco, Sirius XM 119, and around the world on BloombergRadio.com and via the Bloomberg Business app. And good morning, I'm John Tucker. And I'm Karen Moscow. And futures are lower this morning. We're coming up to 601 on Wall Street. And we check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. S&P futures down 16 points. Down futures down 146. And NASDAQ futures down 42. The DAX in Germany is down more than 2%. The 10-year Treasury up 1030 seconds. Yield 2.09%. The yield on the two-year 1.81%. NYMEX crude oil is down 6.2% on $6.37 at $96.64 a barrel and comex gold is down one and a third percent john and we'll have more on the markets in just a minute but first the latest on the war in ukraine shelling continued overnight with buildings hit in the capital kiev meanwhile the u.s has warned china about any support for russia's invasion bloomberg's ed baxter has that part of the story This was a first high-level meeting between the two since the invasion started, and the U.S. calls it a substantial discussion. White House spokeswoman Jen Psaki says the message was clear. If uh, China were to decide to be an economic provider or to take additional steps there to Russia, they only make up 15 to 20 percent of the world's economy. The G7 countries make up more than 50 percent. So there are a range of tools at our disposal. China's stance is that the U.S. has been putting out misinformation and that it just wants to be a peacekeeper. In San Francisco, I'm Ed Baxter, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Ed, thank you. And China also wants to avoid being hit by U.S. sanctions. We get that part of the story from Bloomberg's Amy Morris in our 99.1 newsroom in Washington. China's Foreign Minister Wang Yi says China, quote, is not a party to the crisis, nor does it want the sanctions to affect China. It is the most explicit statement yet on the impact of American sanctions over Russia's war. Investors are growing more concerned that Chinese companies could face similar penalties after Russia asked China for military and financial aid. The U.S. has also repeatedly warned China to not help Russia try to evade those sanctions. China needs to maintain good relations with the U.S. and its partners to meet its economic goals. In Washington, I'm Amy Morris, Bloomberg Daybreak. Well, thanks, Amy. The war in Ukraine will have a big impact on the economies of all 50 states here in the U.S. 
Let's get the latest live from Bloomberg's Renita Young. Renita, good morning. Good morning, John. Although the U.S. has limited trade ties with Russia and Ukraine, businesses from beer breweries in Missouri to semiconductor plants in California would see an impact. That's according to an analysis by Moody's Analytics. Energy-producing states like Alaska and North Dakota would do better than others since the conflict is boosting oil prices. But the two states most dependent on cars and driving, Alabama and Mississippi, would likely suffer disproportionately from an energy shock. Live in New York, I'm Renita Young, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Renita, thank you. Well, turning to the markets now, we're seeing more pressure on U.S. stocks following yesterday's 2% drop for the NASDAQ. In fact, the NASDAQ 100 index closed in bear market territory. Sarah Ponsek, Senior Wealth Strategy Associate at UBS Private Wealth Management, said the market's being hit by a one-two punch. Not only do we have a Federal Reserve that is now going to be increasing interest rates, but at the same time, when we think about the Russian invasion of Ukraine, that has major implications for global growth. It has major implications for the inflation outlook. And we all know at this point that the Federal Reserve is so unilaterally focused on inflation. UBS of Private Wealth Management's Sarah Ponsek said the NASDAQ 100 has dropped 21 percent from its closing high back in November. And we're seeing the selling continue overseas. Let's get the very latest live with Bloomberg's Max Ramsey. Max, good morning. Morning to you, John and Karen. Yes, we see a retreat for global stocks and futures led by this really relentless selling in China. We did have strong data out, but the mix of Russia exposure, lockdowns and regulatory pressure leading to a fierce sell-off. Hong Kong's Hang Seng closing down 5.7% a little earlier and the Hang Seng Tech Index down 8.1%. That's sending us fairly risk-off here in Europe too. We're around two hours into the European equities session and the stock 600 down 1.7% so far. Live in London, Max Ramsey, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Max, thank you. As we mentioned, weighing on the markets, particularly here in the U.S., is higher interest rates. Well, today, the Fed begins its two-day meeting, where it's expected to begin that rate-hiking cycle. And Bloomberg's Vinny Del Judice has more. Even a wink and nod are rare when the Federal Reserve contemplates policy. In the past few weeks, central bankers have turned to the bell and siren, signaling rates are headed higher to combat inflation, and most likely starting this week. Bloomberg Economics anticipates a quarter-point increase two years after the pandemic struck, forcing emergency Fed action to cut rates to near zero. The question now is, will the Fed's new mission be too little too late as inflation burrows in? Vinny Dow, Judice Bloomberg, Daybreak. Thanks, Vinny. One other note on the Fed this morning. Democratic Senator Joe Manchin says he won't back President Joe Biden's nominee for the Federal Reserve Vice Chair of Supervision, Sarah Bloom Raskin. We get details from Bloomberg's Charlie Pellet. It likely dooms her confirmation in the Senate given broad Republican opposition. Manchin, who represents Coleridge, West Virginia, and supports an expansion of oil and gas drilling, joined Republicans in opposing Raskin over her stance on climate change. Raskin has written in the past in support of the Fed, increasing its attention to financial risks from climate change, but said in her confirmation hearing the central bank had no place in mandating how capital should be allocated among industries. In New York, Charlie Pellet, Bloomberg Daybreak. Charlie, thank you. And corporate news, Discovery paid CEO David Zaslav more than $246 million last year, making him one of the highest paid executives in the U.S. More than $200 million of that came in stock options. Zaslav is about to close one of the media industry's biggest mergers. And this is Bloomberg. 
All right, thanks, Karen. 607 on Wall Street. Let's bring in Michael Barr now to find out what else is going on in New York and around the world. Thank you very much, John. And we have breaking news. There are several reports that the suspected gunman who shot five homeless men in New York and Washington, D.C., has been arrested. That's according to ATF agents in D.C. The mayors of New York City and Washington, D.C., asked for the public's help. Police in the two cities released multiple surveillance photos, including a close-up snapshot clearly showing the man's face. New York City Mayor Eric Adams. Washington, D.C. is not manufacturing guns. New York City is not a gun manufacturing city. But the guns are ending up on our streets. Washington, D.C. Mayor Muriel Bowser. One person in D.C. died of his injuries, and at least one person in New York City has died. Mayor Bowser says in each case, the homeless men were shot as they slept in the street. The man wanted for a double stabbing at New York's Museum of Modern Art has been arrested. Gary Cabana was taken into custody, sleeping on a bench at a Greyhound bus terminal in Philadelphia. Police were looking for a man who fit his description for a fire at a nearby hotel. Authorities say the fire was believed set by a man resembling the 60-year-old suspect. He was arrested without incident. China saw more than 5,000 new COVID-19 infections for the first time since the early days of the pandemic. Outbreaks of the Omicron variant prompted officials to lock down more cities and impose restrictions. Supporters for detained WNBA star Brittany Griner called for her release from prison in Russia. Greiner was arrested after customs officials said they found vape cartridges containing cannabis oil in her luggage. At a news conference in Los Angeles, Project Islamic Hope Director Naji Ali called on the Biden administration to negotiate the release of all Americans detained in Russia. It's very troubling for Brittany Greiner, not only is she an African-American female, she's a member of the LGBTQ community who Russia tries upon. Ali, noting former President Trump's relationship with Vladimir Putin, says if it takes reaching out to Trump to get Americans home, then so be it. Connecticut Governor Ned DeMond has unveiled a proposal to suspend one of the state's two taxes on gas by 25 cents per gallon until June 30th. According to AAA, Connecticut is paying an average or record of $4.48 per gallon. Global News 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts from more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg, John. Michael, thank you. Here's now 610 on Wall Street. That's time for the Bloomberg Sports Update. Here's John Stashauer. All right, John, NFL free agency underway. Jets and Giants obviously need better players. Both have deals to help the offensive line. Giants are adding Mark Lewinsky, starting guard the last three seasons in Indianapolis, as well as center John Feliciano, who was with Buffalo. Another guard, Lakin Tomlinson, will come to the Jets from the 49ers. Jets adding tight end C.J. Azuma, just helped Cincinnati Get to the Super Bowl, and the Jets re-sign wideout and all-pro kick returner Braxton Berrios. Looks like Mitchell Trubisky will be the replacement to Ben Roethlisberger as the starting QB in Pittsburgh. The new Yankees, infielders Josh Donaldson and Isaiah Kiner-Falefa, as well as the young catcher Ben Rortfeldt, joined the team in Tampa after the trade with Minnesota. Yankee GM Brian Cashman spoke with the Yes Network. Excited because we feel it upgrades us at third, short, improves our, you know, the player that we had in labor at second. Um... You know, we have a lot of versatility from it, so I think it settled a lot of 
business needs wise. In Port St. Lucie, Mets slugger Pete Alonzo will be in full drills today. Sunday night as Alonzo began to drive across the state from his home in Tampa, got hit by a car that ran a red light. Alonzo's car flipped over three times. He had to kick in the windshield. Fortunately, he's okay. NBA last night wins for Atlanta, Golden State, and Minnesota. Trey Young scored 46 points. Steph Curry, 47, and a 60-point game for Carl Anthony Towns. Meanwhile, another loss for the Lakers in L.A. They trailed Toronto by 21 in the first quarter. Never has LeBron James been on a team this bad. Lakers have lost 20 of the last 28. John Stash Hour, Bloomberg Sports. John? All right, thanks, John. Ahead of the cash open on Wall Street, Dow Futures down 114 points. The S&P futures 11 points lower. NASDAQ E-mini futures 20 points lower. You're listening to Bloomberg Daybreak. Daybreak being brought to you by the Jewish Communal Fund. JCF's donor-advised fund is the smart choice to manage your philanthropy, especially in times of crisis. Make your giving impactful. Visit jcfny.org. Headlines and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business app, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow, watching some headlines from United Airlines crossing the Bloomberg. It's his first quarter operating revenue near the better end of its prior guidance. And it now expects the quarter's capacity to be down by about 19% versus the first quarter of 2019. Again, those just crossing the hip, uh, the Bloomberg right now. Equities in Europe, meanwhile, are tumbling as a relentless sell-off in Chinese stocks buffeted global markets. Adding to concerns about the war in Ukraine and imminent Federal Reserve tightening. U.S. stock index futures also lower and crude oil is extending a retreat. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. S&P futures down 11 points. Dow futures down 101. NASDAQ futures down 16. The DAX in Germany is down 1.9 percent. The 10-year Treasury up 8.30 seconds. Yield 2.10 percent. The yield on the two-year 1.81 percent. NYMEX crude oil is down 5.9 percent on $6.09 at $96.90 a barrel. COMEX gold is down 1.5 percent $29.70 $29.70 at 19.31, 10 an ounce. The euro, 1.0997 against the dollar. British pound, 1.3038. The yen is at 117.97. And Bitcoin this morning down about a third of a percent at $38,600. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael. Karen, thank you very much. Russia's offensive in Ukraine has edged closer to central Kiev with a series of strikes hitting a residential neighborhood. It comes as the leaders of three NATO member countries, Poland, the Czech Republic, and Slovakia, plan to visit Ukraine's embattled capital. This happened on live Russian state TV, and people are still talking about it. An employee ran onto the set and held a sign behind the anchor that read, No War. The sign also read to the effect that state TV is telling you lies. The White House is considering a trip to Europe for President Biden. Sources say a presidential trip would seek to reassure NATO allies that they have U.S. backing as Russia continues its war in Ukraine. The timing of a possible trip is still unclear. In the NBA, the Warriors beat the Wizards 126-112. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg. 
This is The Big Take, the best of Bloomberg's in-depth original reporting from around the globe. We're running on a financial system that's running on old technology. We're seeing house prices reach fresh record highs. What unfolds in midterms, we will no doubt see again in the next presidential election. The Big Take on Bloomberg Radio. Yeah, 620 on Wall Street. Well, Russia's economy fraying, its currency has collapsed, its debt is junk. Next up may be a potential default. Uh, joining us this morning for the Big Take, Bloomberg's Salchuk Okalak. Hey, um, what happens with the bond payments that are due, what, tomorrow? It's a, a pretty big payment that's due, right? That's right. Uh, it's a really big end time uh, for emerging markets and global debt markets. Uh, Russian government is due to pay $117 million in interest on dollar bonds. And we don't know if they, be, they will be able to do that because of uh, sanctions by the United States and the European Union, whether investors will be able to access uh, to their funds or not. All right. The key there, these are dollar bonds, but I guess the Russia wants to pay it in rubles and god knows what the rubles worth right in, right about now it's uh, what 115 right the finance ministry yesterday said that it will try to make the payments in dollars first of all it asked the uh, payment agents and basically banks in the west uh, to pay the bondholders but if it can't then it will make the payment in rubles. But the bonds do not have the option, the clause, to make payments in rubles. So the expectation by lawyers and by rating agencies is that this is going to be probably the first default by Russia since 1917 Bolshevik Revolution. Okay, so um, what happens next after that? I mean, what's the practical implication for me over here sitting in the United States for a uh, Russian bond default? Uh, I'm afraid everyone will have to uh, wait a bit more because these bonds uh, due to be paid this week. They have a 30 days grace period, which means that Russia uh, has the chance to uh, pay them later. But after that uh, 30 days, uh, it's going to be announced by um, credit derivatives determinations committee and rating agencies that this is a default. Russia has failed to make its payments and uh, they will trigger CDS. Who gets hurt by this? I mean, who invested in these bonds in the first place and was expecting to be repaid? Uh, pretty much everyone. I mean, Russia was just a few weeks ago an investment grade uh, credit, and uh, its debt is uh, $150 billion, uh, $40 billion of that is sovereign debt. I mean, global institutions uh, from uh, BlackRock to Fidelity to uh, Capital Group, European banks, uh, pretty much everyone was invested in Russian debt, and Russian debt was part of the uh, emerging market indices and uh, passive funds, uh, ETFs, tracking these indices actually uh, had to buy Russian debt until now because Russia has been kicked out of these indices. Okay, in the United States, I'm just trying to nail down some of the investors. Were they um, uh, pension funds? Yes, pension funds are probably included in this because, uh, I mean, pension funds usually require uh, their investments to be investment grade, uh, to uh, investment grades by uh, two rating agencies, Moody's, S&P uh, ratings or Fitch ratings. And just a few weeks earlier, uh, Russia was an investment grade credit. It has uh, more than uh, $600 billion reserves. It was considered as a very safe investment. So who goes from investment grade in just a, a matter of days to junk? I mean, <laughs> I've never seen that happen before. 
Uh, me neither, yeah. I mean, uh, it's very tragic in a sense. And then at the same time, it was very hard to predict. But at the same time, I mean, um, you know, the U.S. government, uh, President Biden, uh, repeatedly said Russia is preparing to invade Ukraine. So probably some people uh, managed to exit uh, just before the start of the invasion, but some people were caught off guard. Going forward, is anybody going to loan Russia money after this? Uh, probably yes, because investors uh, have a <laughs> short memory. If you remember Argentina, for example, Argentina defaulted on its debt 16 times, and it still managed to sell 100 years uh, bonds. And um, Russia, if it restores, I mean, uh, <clears throat> I mean, some kind of diplomatic yeah. solution, probably people will start buying it again uh, because it's very cheap. The bonds are trading at less than 20 cents, uh-huh. but uh, to, at the moment, due to the war, it looks quite impossible. Bloomberg Salchuk Olakuk. And that is today's Bloomberg Big Take. Dow Futures right now, 85 points lower. You're listening to Bloomberg Daybreak. The weather from Rob Carroll and partly to mostly sunny today. The high temperature topping out at around 60. It's better tomorrow, mostly sunny and warm. High temperature about 65. Broadcasting live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studio in New York. Bloomberg 1130 to Washington, D.C. Bloomberg 991 to Boston. Bloomberg 1061 to San Francisco. Bloomberg 960 to the country. Sirius XM Channel 119. And around the globe, the Bloomberg Business App and BloombergRadio.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. And good morning, 6.30 on Wall Street. I'm John Tucker. And I'm Karen Moscow, and we're just about three hours away from the open of U.S. trading. Time for the five things you need to know to start your day. Brought to you by Interactive Brokers Simple IBKR Global Trader App. Deposit in your local currency and trade stocks in the U.S., Europe, and Asia. Start your free trial at IBKR.com slash Global Trader. Up first, shelling in Ukraine's capital, Kiev, continued overnight as Russia carries on with its invasion. American officials began disclosing Russia's bid for military and economic assistance from its most powerful allies ally, China. But White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki warns there would be significant consequences for Beijing if it provides assistance to Moscow. They only make up 15 percent or 20, 15 to 20 percent of the world's economy. The G7 countries make up more than 50 percent. So there are a range of tools at our disposal. Jen Psaki was speaking after officials from China and the U.S. met in Rome for their first high-level talk since the invasion began. The Biden administration calls talks constructive, but former U.S. Defense Secretary Mark Asper tells Bloomberg's sound on China won't side with the West in this conflict. There is a strategic partnership that has emerged over the years between Moscow and Beijing. Uh, this invasion of Ukraine by uh, Russia, however, has p- placed uh, China in somewhat of an uncomfortable position. Mark Asper believes it's unlikely Russia would cross into a NATO country. President Biden reportedly is considering a trip to Europe to rally support for NATO allies. Well, John, the war in Ukraine will have a big impact on the economies of all 50 states here in the U.S. And we get the latest live from Bloomberg's Renita Young. Good morning, Renita. Good morning, Karen. Although the U.S. has limited trade ties with Russia and Ukraine, businesses from beer breweries in Missouri to semiconductor plants in California would see an impact. That's according to an analysis by Moody's Analytics. Energy-producing states like Alaska and North Dakota would 
would do better than others since the conflict is boosting oil prices. But the two states most dependent on cars and driving, Alabama and Mississippi, would likely suffer disproportionately from an energy shock. Live in New York, I'm Renita Young, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, thanks, Renita. U.S. futures and stocks overseas are falling. Hong Kong's Hang Seng Index fell almost 6%. The Europe 600 Index down almost 2%. The NASDAQ 100 enters the day in bear market territory. And back in Washington, John, West Virginia Senator Joe Manchin will oppose Biden's nomination of Sarah Bloom Raskin as the Federal Reserve's vice chair of supervision. A vote that's likely needed to confirm her. It comes as the Fed begins its two-day meeting where it's expected to raise interest rates. And that's the five things you need to know to start your day. Brought to you by Interactive Brokers. All right, thanks, Karen. It is now 6.33 on Wall Street. And that's time for Michael Barr to tell us what else is going on in New York and around the world. John, thank you very much. Developing news, the Washington, D.C. Police Department says a suspect has been arrested this morning in connection to two homicides and at least three additional shootings of homeless men in D.C. and New York City. Police say two shootings over the weekend in New York matched three attacks in Washington earlier this month. In each case, homeless men were shot as they slept in the street. New York City Mayor Eric Adams. The overproliferation of guns in our cities is creating an encounter that's causing bloodshed across our nation. Mayor Adams, along with D.C. Mayor Muriel Bowser, had announced a $70,000 reward leading to the gunman's arrest. The suspect wanted for a shocking stabbing attack inside New York City's Museum of Modern Art has been arrested in Philadelphia. Scott Small, chief inspector with the Philadelphia Police, says authorities made the arrest at a Greyhound bus terminal. This individual is cooperating with police. He didn't put up a fight. He didn't resist when police took him into custody. He came along with police voluntarily. So uh, we're lucky in that respect. Police say Gary Cabana was arrested after he fit the description for a man who set a fire at a nearby hotel. Idaho could have a new stricter abortion law similar to other states like Texas and Florida. The Idaho bill bans abortions after six weeks of pregnancy. The Republican-led legislature voted it in, and now it goes to GOP Governor Brad Little for his signature. One year after signing the American Rescue Plan into law, President Biden is touting U.S. economic growth. In a speech at the National League of Cities Conference in D.C., the president linked rising fuel costs to the invasion of Ukraine. Make no mistake, the current spike in gas prices is largely the fault of Vladimir Putin. It has nothing to do with the American Rescue Plan. President Biden also says, according to experts, the American Rescue Plan contributed to only 0.3% to inflation. China has reported a more than doubling of new COVID-19 cases as it faces by far its biggest outbreak since the early days of the pandemic. Puerto Rico's government is formally exiting bankruptcy after completing the largest public debt restructuring in U.S. history. It announced nearly seven years ago that it was unable to pay its more than $70 billion debt. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg, John. All right, Michael, thank you very much. 
It's now 636 on Wall Street. That's time for the Bloomberg Sports Update. And here's John Stashow. All right, John, no secret. The Giants need to improve their offensive line. They don't have a lot of salary cap space, but on opening day of free agency, they did add two offensive linemen. Mark Lewinsky had been a starting guard with Indianapolis and center John Feliciano, who was with Buffalo. Another guard, Lakin Tomlinson, he's joining the Jets. Coming from the 49ers, Jets also got tight end C.J. Azuma from Cincinnati. They re-signed Braxton Berrios, who was an all-pro last season as a kick returner. Tight end Evan Ingram leaving the Giants. He was once their first-round draft pick. He's headed to Jacksonville. Josh Donaldson joined the Yankees in Tampa the day after the big trade last year. Donaldson, while with the Twins, accused his now teammate Garrett Cole of using sticky stuff to help doctor the ball. Cole then struck Donaldson out three times. Whatever happened, happened. Um... Obviously, he felt like it was a better idea to probably strike me out, which he did a few times. <laughs> so, at, at, at the end of the day, uh, I'm happy to be on the same team and not have to strike out against him more. The Yankees have been in talks with Oakland about acquiring first baseman Matt Olson. He's instead headed to Atlanta, which means Freddie Freeman will likely not resign with the Braves. Nets play tonight in Orlando, the unvaccinated Kyrie Irving. Couldn't play, but did attend Sunday's home game. Also went into the Nets locker room for doing that. City of New York fined the Nets $50,000. Cameron Smith won the rain-delayed Players Championship Golf in Florida by one shot. John Stashower, Bloomberg Sports. John? All right, John, thanks a lot. It is now 637 on Wall Street. And that brings us to uh, stocks and some of the names that are moving in the pre-market this morning. For that, we're joined by Bloomberg Radio and TV Markets correspondent Kriti Gupta. Fresh off her 12-hour nap. Fresh off my 12-hour nap, folks. I got so much sleep You're last You're so night. refreshed this morning. It was so great. Um, not to brag on a Tuesday, but here we are. Uh, you are seeing some features higher when it comes to the NASDAQ 100. The S&P features kind of flat. But underneath the hood, only 16 stocks are actually higher in the pre-market. So that does tell you uh, that there is looks like to be a little bit of pain here at the opening. Let's talk about what is moving to the upside. And that, of course, is going to be those airlines. Delta coming out, seeing one quarter or first quarter revenue, excuse me, about 78% recovered compared to 2019 levels. That's a big deal because their previous view was 72 to 76%. But that news is pulling up Delta shares. DAL is your ticker up 1.1% in the pre-market. It's also pulling up the other airlines with it. Southwest, for example, LUV is your ticker up 1% in the pre-market. UAL is for United up uh, 7 tenths of 1%. Even American Airlines catching a little bit of a bid here up 4 tenths of a AAL is your ticker there. That's unusual on a day that's pretty risk-off to see the airlines actually outperforming. Also keep in mind, you are seeing some moves to the upside in the defense spaces. A Lockheed Martin LMT is your ticker, up four-tenths of a percent. This looks like a continued bid from yesterday after Germany said it would purchase Lockheed Martin's F-35 warplanes as well as 15 Eurofighters. Of course, we know it is upgrading its military response, uh, creating a budget of $110 billion to modernize its armed forces, of course, on the back of Russia's invasion of Ukraine. So you are seeing those defense names take a a leg higher as well. LMT, like I said, up four-tenths of a percent. But then there are some downside stories, and we should stick to this. Those downside stories, for example, are a lot of the oil companies. Occidental, OXY, is your worst performer this morning, down 4.9%. And with it, some of those other oil names, this really comes back on the idea of lower oil prices, perhaps coming back on the idea of the China lockdown in Shenzhen. Yeah, NIMAX crude this morning, 97.24, so under $100 a barrel. Ugly morning overnight in the Asian session. 
very ugly morning. And it, once again, it comes down to those COVID uh, restrictions that they're putting in the zero COVID policy. It also comes down with some kind of concerns that perhaps China is the next country to be sanctioned just because of their ties to Russia. And you're seeing that show up in those U.S. listed Chinese stocks. Uh, the likes of Alibaba, for example, BABA is your ticker for the ADRs, down six and a half percent in the pre-market. JD as well. JD is also the, the ticker, also declining four and a half percent. So keep an eye on those ADRs. That's where you're seeing a lot of pain. Yeah, we were asking the question. M Live, I should say, was asking the question. This My morning. former employer. Yeah, and uh, where are all the dip buyers? Because they've jumped in since 2018, and so you know, one of the questions to mull this morning as the Nasdaq futures turn green up uh, 12 points right now. Pretty Gupta from our markets team. S&P futures right now. Two points lower, and the NASDAQ, uh, the Dow futures right now, pairing some of those earlier losses, right now down 49 points. You're listening to Bloomberg Daybreak. And Bloomberg weather for today from Rob Carolyn, partly to mostly sunny. The high temperature topping out at about 60 degrees. Tomorrow's outlook, mostly sunny and warm. The high temperature, about 65 degrees. This is Bloomberg. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business app, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow, and U.S. stock index futures have trimmed their declines with NASDAQ futures even moving into positive territory. We go to the first word breaking news desk for today's morning call. Here's Bill Maloney. Bill, good morning. And good morning, Karen. U.S. futures are quiet right now with Dow futures down 51 points. Sesame's dropped three, but like you said, NASDAQ futures in the green, now up 12. The U.S. 10-year yield at 2.1%. Gold is down 20. Oil is also sinking, but Bitcoin is trading little changed. Hong Kong fell 5.7% overnight. Well, European markets are also in the red this morning. And back in the U.S. on the economic front at 8.30, Empire Manufacturing and February PPI. In other news, Tesla raised prices on all its vehicles. And wrapping things up, Peloton was rated a new outperform at Bernstein, while Mosaic was raised to buy over at Goldman Sachs. Live from the first of breaking news desk, I'm Bill Maloney. Karen? All right, Bill, thank you to hear live breaking news over your Bloomberg type squawk on your terminal, S-Q-U-A-W-K. That's a Bloomberg business flash. Now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael. Karen, thank you very much. China's foreign minister says his country wants to avoid being impacted by U.S. sanctions over Russia's war. Wang Yi says China is not a party to the crisis, nor does it want the sanctions to affect China. He spoke in a phone call with his Spanish counterpart to discuss the war in Ukraine. There are concerns among investors that Chinese companies will face U.S. sanctions after American officials said Russia requested military and financial assistance from Beijing. The White House is said to be discussing President Joe Biden making a visit to unspecified destinations in Europe while Russia's war on Ukraine is ongoing. Biden and his administration have sought to reassure NATO allies that they have U.S. backing. In the NBA, the Warriors beat the Wizards 126-112. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take. Powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg. The following commentary is from Bloomberg Opinion. Treasuries aren't the haven they used to be. I'm Alexis Leondis, a columnist for Bloomberg Opinion. While more sanguine investors have been buying the dip, helping to buoy the U.S. stock market, Some of those who are risk-averse retreated to safety, temporarily pumping up 
the U.S. government bond market. If anything, the past two weeks have been a tug of war between investors' desire for a safe haven and their concerns about inflation. For most retail investors, including those with retirement on the horizon, I don't see how adding U.S. government bonds makes much sense right now. If it's security you're after, you might as well stick with a federally insured high-yield savings account or the like. And if you want more income-like returns, then you'd be better off considering other parts of the bond market, such as corporate debt. For the last 40 years, government bonds helped investors sleep well and eat well. Those days seem to be coming to an end. I'm Alexis Leondis. For more opinion, please go to Bloomberg.com slash opinion or OPI and go on the Bloomberg Terminal. This has been Bloomberg Opinion. Opinion commentaries can be heard every weekday at this time, and Terminal customers can read more at OPIN Go. It is 6.50 on Wall Street. Let's turn to news and science and technology now with the Bloomberg NJIT STEM report, brought to you by New Jersey Institute of Technology, ranked in the top 2% nationally for alumni mid-career earnings and number one in the nation for student upward economic mobility. More at NJIT.edu. Now here's us making news in science, technology, engineering, and math. Lockdowns aimed at STEM the spread of the coronavirus in China are disrupting the operations of a number of businesses. Apple supplier Hanhai is stopping production at its sites in Shenzhen. Toyota and Volkswagen also have halted output at several factories. The lockdowns affect more than 45 million people. Orders placed with global e-commerce platforms like Amazon and Walmart may also be delayed by virus lockdowns and restrictions in some of China's key manufacturing hubs. Shenzhen, the home to around half of all the online retail activities Exporters in China was locked down for at least a week. And nearby Dongwan, a key Chinese hub for the manufacture of shoes, toys and textiles, factories in areas where there are virus cases have been told to close and schools and restaurants are effectively shuttered. And in the U.K., London's Heathrow Airport, British Airways, and Virgin Atlantic are dropping mask requirements. Heathrow's restrictions end tomorrow. The airlines will no longer require masks on flights to destinations where their use is no longer mandated. Most pandemic-related rules in England were dropped last month. That's the Bloomberg NJIT STEM report. John. Karen, thank you. We're live for the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios, where it is 6.52 on Wall Street. And that means it's time to check what's going on in D.C., some of the top stories in our nation's capital include, of course, the White House calling on Beijing to use its influence with Moscow to help end the war in Ukraine. China says it wants to avoid U.S. sanctions. The U.S. warns Europe that Russia wants armed drones from China. And then President Biden hit with a mansion roadblock once again. Let's take a deeper dive into some of these stories this morning with Bloomberg's Joe Matthew, host of Sound On, who joins us now. We're going to have to mash some of these stories together. So what's the latest uh, from the nation's capital with respect to China, Russia, and Russia's war on Ukraine, Joe? Well, there's a lot there, uh, John. An important meeting yesterday with Jake Sullivan, our national security advisor. He sat down with his counterpart, the top diplomat, uh, from China, a big meeting in Rome. They met uh, in neutral territory. Can you imagine for seven hours, despite being in the same room feasibly for seven hours and what was discussed? The White House gave us very little uh, in the readout from this meeting. Essentially, the U.S. Uh, telling China there will be severe consequences. That is the that's the phrase we keep hearing from the administration. Should China uh, uh, help Russia in this war? This follows reports, John, to your point earlier that uh, Russia had asked China uh, for some help in what they like to call this special operation, but uh, 
this was knocked down very quickly by Moscow. It says they never asked China for money or arms in the war against Ukraine. So it's or, difficult well, to tell where to that's going. Who's to believe anything coming out of well, the Kremlin? Well, exactly. Uh, so we had the meeting here that it was, you know, some things needed to be said, uh, not just in terms of uh, what not to do, but I think the U.S. is really hoping that Beijing finds itself in a situation where it might even help. And wouldn't that be a different look uh, for China following what we saw during the Olympics? Vladimir Putin, President Xi standing side by side, the big handshake and what they described, John, then as an unlimited relationship. It looks like there might be some major limits on that relationship going forward. Is uh, Joe Biden heading to Europe to uh, show support for the, the sanctions and the, the European allies? That's the word. Yeah. Uh, the question is where and when. Uh, there is a, a thought that it could be as soon as next week that he would go to Brussels, maybe even to Eastern Europe, to a country like Poland, where we have thousands of American troops that have recently arrived and helping to, to untangle this humanitarian disaster that's underway there. This would be a big show of support, a big uh, a presentation of power, a projection of power for the United States president to, to show up in Europe at this very time. And it comes as we learn that uh, the prime minister from Poland, his counterparts in the Czech Republic and Slovakia are going to be headed to Ukraine today to do the same thing. Yeah, via train to Kiev. Um, also, the uh, the Ukraine president kind of coming to Washington, at least virtually. Yeah, yeah it's going to be the big show tomorrow. Uh He's going to be speaking to Congress, essentially a joint session. They're not going to be in the House chamber. They'll, they'll have uh, an auditorium set aside in the Capitol complex for this because it will be a virtual address. It's supposed to be about 9 o'clock tomorrow morning. And uh, interesting, John, you're just going to say thank you, having, by the way, met privately, virtually, but privately with lawmakers last weekend, two weekends ago. This is going to be provided to the networks. It's going to be streamed online. People are going to watch this on TV. So his audience is very different now as he tries to make the case for more military hardware, if not a no-fly zone. And so far, the answer from the Pentagon on that one has been no. Hey, um, I'll go off script because I can with you. How does this play domestically with midterm elections coming up? That's a great question. You know, the conventional wisdom always, John, is that voters don't cast votes based on foreign affairs. Might be a little bit different this time. The way that uh, President Biden is comporting himself, the way that he has helped to unite NATO has been actually well received in terms of the polling that we've seen, uh, the limited polling that we've seen since the beginning of this. Republicans are really hitting him hard, though, on how come we're not giving him the MiGs, the fighter jets? How come uh, we ended up in this situation where we need foreign oil? It's very difficult to see how these issues will distill themselves before we get into uh, voting season. We've got a lot of time between now and then. But certainly the way the decisions that are being made now by this White House will be judged in the election. Always a pleasure. Bloomberg's Joe Matthew, host of Sound On. You can hear him on Bloomberg Radio's weekdays starting at 5 p.m. Karen. All right, John, thank you. 656 on Wall Street. This is Bloomberg Daybreak and March is Women's History Month. And every day this month, we're celebrating significant moments in women's history. Now, with your installment for March 15th, here's Bloomberg's Renita Young. On this day in women's history in 1946, former First Lady Eleanor Roosevelt is appointed U.S. Representative to the United Nations. President Harry Truman appointed her. Roosevelt contributed greatly to U.N. policymaking, serving as chair of the Human Rights Commission. She was the only woman serving on the six-person delegation that would eventually produce the Universal Declaration of Human Rights in December 1948. Now, because of Roosevelt's massive contributions to international human rights and law, President Truman would later call her the First Lady of the World. Roosevelt served in this position until 1952. That's today in women's history. 
I'm Renita Young, Bloomberg Radio. All right, Renita, thank you. And futures this morning, they have turned higher. S&P futures up about eight points. Dow futures up 29 and NASDAQ futures up 44. This is after they were lower for much of the morning. Ten-year treasury up 530 seconds, yield 2.11%. And the yield on the two-year, 1.82%. And NYMEX crude oil is down 5.8%. And Bloomberg surveillance is straight ahead. For John Tucker, I'm Karen Moscow. And this is Bloomberg. Headlines and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business app, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. And U.S. stock index futures have trimmed their declines with NASDAQ futures even moving into positive territory. We go to the first word breaking news desk for today's morning call. Here's Bill Maloney. Bill, good morning. And good morning, Karen. U.S. futures are quiet right now with Dow futures down 51 points. s dropped three, but like you said, NASDAQ futures in the green, now up 12. The U.S. 10-year yield at 2.1%. Gold is down 20. Oil is also sinking, but Bitcoin is trading little changed. Hong Kong fell 5.7% overnight, while European markets are also in the red this morning. And back in the U.S. on the economic front at 8.30, Empire Manufacturing and February PPI. In other news, Tesla raised prices on all its vehicles. And wrapping things up, Peloton was rated a new outperform at Bernstein, while Mosaic was raised to buy over at Goldman Sachs. Live from the first of breaking news desk, I'm Bill Maloney. Karen? All right, Bill, thank you. To hear live breaking news over your Bloomberg type squawk on your terminal, SQUAWK. That's a Bloomberg business flash. Now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael. Karen, thank you very much. China's foreign minister says his country wants to avoid being impacted by U.S. sanctions over Russia's war. Wang Yi says China is not a party to the crisis, nor does it want the sanctions to affect China. He spoke in a phone call with his Spanish counterpart to discuss the war in Ukraine. There are concerns among investors that Chinese companies will face U.S. sanctions after American officials said Russia requested military and financial assistance from Beijing. The White House is said to be discussing President Joe Biden making a visit to unspecified destinations in Europe while Russia's war on Ukraine is ongoing. Biden and his administration have sought to reassure NATO allies that they have U.S. backing. In the NBA, the Warriors beat the Wizards 126-112. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg. The following commentary is from Bloomberg Opinion. Treasuries aren't the haven they used to be. I'm Alexis Leondis, a columnist for Bloomberg Opinion. While more sanguine investors have been buying the dip, helping to buoy the U.S. stock market, some of those who are risk-averse retreated to safety, temporarily pumping up the U.S. government bond market. If anything, the past two weeks have been a tug-of-war between investors' desire for a safe haven and their concerns about inflation. For most retail investors, including those with retirement on the horizon, I don't see how adding U.S. government bonds makes much sense right now. If it's security you're after, you might as well stick with a federally insured high-yield savings account or the like. And if you want more income-like returns, then you'd be better off considering other parts of the bond market, such as corporate debt. For the last 40 years, government bonds helped investors sleep well and eat well. Those days seem to be coming to an end. 
I'm Alexis Leondis. For more opinion, please go to Bloomberg.com slash opinion or OPI and go on the Bloomberg Terminal. This has been Bloomberg Opinion. Opinion commentaries can be heard every weekday at this time, and Terminal customers can read more at OPIN Go. It is 6.50 on Wall Street. Let's turn to news in science and technology now with the Bloomberg NJIT STEM report, brought to you by New Jersey Institute of Technology, ranked in the top 2% nationally for alumni mid-career earnings and number one in the nation for student upward economic mobility. More at NJIT.edu. Now here's us making news in science, technology, engineering, and math. Lockdowns aimed at stemming the spread of the coronavirus in China are disrupting the operations of a number of businesses. Apple supplier Hanhai is stopping production at its sites in Shenzhen. Toyota and Volkswagen also have halted output at several factories. The lockdowns affect more than 45 million people. Orders placed with global e-commerce platforms like Amazon and Walmart may also be delayed by virus lockdowns and restrictions in some of China's key manufacturing hubs. Shenzhen, the home to around half of all the online retail exports Sportis in China was locked down for at least a week. And nearby Dongwan, a key Chinese hub for the manufacture of shoes, toys and textiles, factories in areas where there are virus cases have been told to close and schools and restaurants are effectively shuttered. And in the U.K., London's Heathrow Airport, British Airways, and Virgin Atlantic are dropping mask requirements. Heathrow's restrictions end tomorrow. The airlines will no longer require masks on flights to destinations where their use is no longer mandated. Most pandemic-related rules in England were dropped last month. That's the Bloomberg NJIT STEM report. John. Kara, thank you. We're live for the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios, where it is 6.52 on Wall Street. And that means it's time to check what's going on in D.C., Some of the top stories in our nation's capital include, of course, the White House calling on Beijing to use its influence with Moscow to help end the war in Ukraine. China says it wants to avoid U.S. sanctions. The U.S. warns Europe that Russia wants armed drones from China. And then President Biden hit with a mansion roadblock once again. Let's take a deeper dive into some of these stories this morning with Bloomberg's Joe Matthew, host of Sound On, who joins us now. We're going to have to mash some of these stories together. So what's the latest uh, from the nation's capital with respect to China, Russia, and Russia's war on Ukraine, Joe? Well, there's a lot there, uh, John. An important meeting yesterday with Jake Sullivan, our national security advisor. He sat down with his counterpart, the top diplomat, uh, from China, a big meeting in Rome. They met uh, in neutral territory. Can you imagine for seven hours, despite being in the same room feasibly for seven hours and what was discussed? The White House gave us very little uh, in the readout from this meeting. Essentially, the U.S. Uh, telling China there will be severe consequences. That is the that's the phrase we keep hearing from the administration. Should China uh, uh, help Russia in this war? This follows reports, John, to your point earlier that uh, Russia had asked China uh, for some help in what they like to call this special operation, but uh, this was knocked down very quickly by Moscow. It says they never asked China for money or arms in the war against Ukraine, so it's right, difficult well, what, to tell where to that's going. believe anything coming out of well, the Kremlin? Well, exactly. Uh, so we had the meeting here that it was, you know, some things needed to be said, uh, not just in terms of uh, what not to do, but I think the U.S. is really hoping that Beijing finds itself in a situation where it might even help. And wouldn't that be a different look uh, for China following what we saw during the Olympics? Vladimir Putin, President Xi standing side by side, the big handshake, and what they described, John, then as an unlimited relationship. It looks like there might be some major limits on that relationship going forward. 
Is uh, Joe Biden heading to Europe to uh, show support for the, the sanctions and the, the European allies? That's the word. Yeah. Uh, the question is where and when. Uh, there is a, a thought that it could be as soon as next week that he would go to Brussels, maybe even to Eastern Europe, to a country like Poland, where we have thousands of American troops that have recently arrived and helping to, to untangle this humanitarian disaster that's underway there. This would be a big show of support, a big... Uh, a presentation of power, a projection of power for the United States president to, to show up in Europe at this very time. And it comes as we learn that uh, the prime minister from Poland, his counterparts in the Czech Republic and yeah. Slovakia are going to be headed to Ukraine today to do the same thing. Yeah, via train to Kiev. Um, also, the uh, the Ukraine president kind of coming to Washington, at least virtually. Yeah, yeah it's going to be the big show tomorrow. Uh He's going to be speaking to Congress, essentially a joint session. They're not going to be in the House chamber. They'll, they'll have uh, an auditorium set aside in the Capitol complex for this because it will be a virtual address. It's supposed to be about 9 o'clock tomorrow morning. And uh, interesting, John, he's going to say thank you, having, by the way, met privately, virtually, but privately with lawmakers last weekend, two weekends ago. This is going to be provided to the networks. It's going to be streamed online. People are going to watch this on TV. So his audience is very different now as he tries to make the case for more military hardware, if not a no-fly zone. And so far, the answer from the Pentagon on that one has been no. Hey, um, I'll go off script because I can with you. How does this play domestically with midterm elections coming up? That's a great question. You know, the conventional wisdom always, John, is that voters don't cast votes based on foreign affairs. Might be a little bit different this time. The way that uh, President Biden is comporting himself, the way that he has helped to unite NATO has been actually well received in terms of the polling that we've seen, uh, the limited polling that we've seen since the beginning of this. Republicans are really hitting him hard, though, on how come we're not giving him the MiGs, the fighter jets? How come uh, we ended up in this situation where we need foreign oil? It's very difficult to see how these issues will distill themselves before we get into uh, voting season. We've got a lot of time between now and then. But yeah. certainly the way the decisions that are being made now by this White House will be judged in the election. Always a pleasure. Bloomberg's Joe Matthew, host of Sound On. You can hear him on Bloomberg Radio's weekdays starting at 5 p.m. Karen. All right, John, thank you. 656 on Wall Street. This is Bloomberg Daybreak and March is Women's History Month. And every day this month, we're celebrating significant moments in women's history. Now, with your installment for March 15th, here's Bloomberg's Renita Young. On this day in women's history in 1946, former First Lady Eleanor Roosevelt is appointed U.S. Representative to the United Nations. President Harry Truman appointed her. Roosevelt contributed greatly to U.N. policymaking, serving as chair of the Human Rights Commission. She was the only woman serving on the six-person delegation that would eventually produce the Universal Declaration of Human Rights in December 1948. Now, because of Roosevelt's massive contributions to international human rights and law, President Truman would later call her the first lady of the world. Roosevelt served in this position until 1952. That's Today in Women's History. I'm Renita Young. Bloomberg Radio. All right, Renita, thank you. And futures this morning, they have turned higher. S&P futures up about eight points. Dow futures up 29 and NASDAQ futures up 44. This is after they were lower for much of the morning. Ten-year treasury up 530 seconds, yield 2.11%. And the yield on the two-year, 1.82%. And NYMEX crude oil is down 5.8%. And Bloomberg surveillance is straight ahead. For John Tucker, I'm Karen Moscow. And this is Bloomberg. 
What could you do if your data was working for you and not against you? With Bloomberg delivering enterprise data directly to your systems, you get easy access to the details you want, optimized for higher level analysis, and financial data experts committed to helping you maximize your every move. Our data is made for more, so you can show the world what you're made of. Visit Bloomberg.com slash enterprise data to learn more.